Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. We're living in some perilous times. That's been said more than once, but these are times when things are happening around us that can bring us great fear and anxiety. With floods and hurricanes and fires and now viruses, many people are frantic and some are even panicking. For those of us who are believers, this is the time that we trust in God and He will help us weather the storm. Over the next few days, I'm going to bring you some messages of being storm-proof and having faith that God will take care of those who are His. So listen to today's message as we walk in the light of God's Word. Someone once said regarding our lives that we are either in a storm or have just come out of a storm or is heading into a storm. How many of you heard about the storms of life? That just means that there are things that we'll have to encounter in our lives that could be rough times and rough seas, could toss us to and fro. When you get saved, we do not get an automatic exemption from tough times. Let me say that again. When we get saved, we do not get an exemption from tough times. And as Jesus was teaching his disciples and others, who seemed willing to follow him, he wanted to be sure that they understood some principles for spiritual growth and stability. In fact, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and 12, it gives the job description for pastors and ministers. He says he's giving to the church uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to perfect the saints to mature the saints for the work of ministry so that they're not tossed to and fro. Okay, so he's saying the saints can be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. He says the saints shouldn't be tossed to and fro if they are stable and mature. If we're going to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, we're going to have to be stable and mature. Don't mean that you don't mean you're not going through something. It means that when you go through it, you're stable and mature. So last week we talked about those who are judgmental and condemning and unforgiving, and how Jesus was talking to his disciples and say, "Listen, uh, let me tell you that uh, you don't want to go down that path. When you grow to maturity, you're not judging and condemning with the condemning spirit, and you don't have this unforgiveness with you. Well, today he's going to be talking a little bit more practically to his followers on how they can make it through the storm. We can't help others if we're always needy, and we're always the first one in the prayer line, and we're the first ones in the counseling office. If we're always in that kind of condition, we can't help other folk. Okay, now I can see on Sunday morning we don't get a lot of amens, but this is the mature crowd here. Amen. If you're always at the clinic, you can't help nobody. When they ill, you can't go visiting the sick if you're always at the clinic. The Lord expects us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world and to be a help to others. Now, I don't mean that you don't ever get sick, but it just means you're not always at the clinic. 
Who is it that we have who can say, follow me as I follow the Lord? Let me help you. Let me help you to work through what you're going through at the time. And Jesus will tell us that it is challenging. And what he's going to tell us is challenging, but it's going to be simple. And how we can become stable and mature. I want you to look at uh, this Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. He's still on this long dissertation uh, beginning at chapter 5 when he started with the Beatitudes and then he go, goes all the way through. Now he's in chapter 7. And then Luke mentions this in his book in Luke chapter 6, but I wanted to use the, the um, writing that uh, Matthew had about this passage. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And he starts this section by saying, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But who's going to enter? The one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Now notice who he says is going to enter the kingdom. Those who does the will of the Father. And in order to do the will of the Father, we must know the will of the Father. We must know the word of God. We must know what he says. And he has given us his word in the scriptures. So we need to know the word of God. And then Jesus goes on in the next verse to give them or to give us instructions on accomplishing this assignment. And he starts this assignment with therefore. And whenever I see the therefore, I normally go to the previous verses to see what the therefore is there for. And I'm trying to connect these passages. And he says, only those who are going to do the will of the Father is going to enter into the kingdom of God. There are other folks who are not doing the will, but they're claiming that they know me. You're claiming you're doing prophecies and miracles and, and driving out demons. And, but I'm going to say, I never knew you. Now, they were claiming, I always say, how's he going to say he never knew these people when they, they say they were, they were casting out demons and, and performing miracles and prophesying in his name? The Lord helped me with that. He said, they say they were doing that. I didn't say they were doing that. Then he went on and said, but I didn't know them. They said that's what they were doing. And now he goes on and he says, so if you're going to do the will of the Father, therefore... Here's how you get this done. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. He said, let me just show you how this works. And the first thing I notice in this verse is the inclusiveness of the participants. Look at what he says. Everyone who hears. And that's, that's a good spot for an amen because you know you're one of the everyone. So he says this works for how many people? Everyone, anyone, everyone who hears. God does not play favorites. 
What he has is available for everyone and anyone who hears. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. So he gives us instructions on what to do, and that is to hear, listen to me, hear these words of mine. I want you to hear these words of mine. Now, these words of mine is where Jesus is making it clear and a distinction between his words and the words of others. I'm talking about these words of mine. Now, you can hear somebody else's words and think this might work. It don't work on everybody else's words. It works on these words of mine. Jesus said in the scriptures, these words of mine are spirit and they are life. His words are truth and are eternal. His words never fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never fail. His word will not return void without accomplishing what he said is going to accomplish. So if you would hear these words of mine, stop listening to everybody else about how you need to do and what you need to do and how this is going to work. Stop paying attention to everybody else. Oprah don't know how this works. Dr. Phil don't know how this works. Imani don't know how this works. Or whatever her name, Alani, Alamani, or whatever her name is. She don't know how this works. Jesus said, hear these words of mine. The instructions are plain. He says, hear these words and then put them into practice. Now, I want to talk about hearing. Uh, every time a sound or statement is made that uh, you can recognize the verbal um, acclamation of that don't mean you heard it. There's different levels of hearing. And Jesus is talking about hearing. This is the listening, the perceiving, the grasping with the idea of taking hold of the information. The practice is the application of what you heard. Uh, let me put it this way. If you plan to use it and practice it, you will listen to it and hear it at another level. Say it this way. Somebody's got a recipe of something you're really trying to put together and they're telling it to you verbally. And you are listening because you need to make this work. Girl, I'm right in the middle of this. What do I need to do? Now you need to put a, a little bit of cinnamon in it. Wait, wait, what you say? Cinnamon? You say cinnamon or cinnamon? Right? You are listening because you're getting ready to act on it. Anybody ever been talking to you and you wasn't, even, you wasn't going to even pay no attention to what they were going to say? You just listen. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the way some people listen to the Word of God. Some people listen to the Word of God like you listen to a telemarketer. You ain't planning on buying. You ain't just, you just, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are times when they say, people say, well, call me back. This is my number. You just repeat the number, but you didn't write it down. You say 786-4951. Now, you just hope they don't ask you, what was it? Because you didn't write it down. You heard them, but you wasn't listening. Because you're not planning on applying that. 
And there are people that come to church a lot of times, they hear the word of God, but they are not listening. They, they heard the verbal acclamation of it, but they didn't listen because they ain't planning on doing it. And Jesus said, you got to hear this. And you can't put it into practice if you didn't hear it. How many times you been on the airplane? Every time they take off, they get up and tell you about the safety, where the exits are. They tell you where your, your vest is for the, uh, if you happen to get in water. I guarantee you, if they say put on your vest, you be like, where they say that was? <laughs> you have no idea where that was. Where they say that was? Because you weren't listening. And how they say, you got to blow in that thing. You'd be like asking them, go over that again now because I'm getting ready to use this. And you have no clue where the exits are because they were talking. You would just put your, you, you had your earphones on. You were looking at your devices, trying to read, kind of get your stuff together, find out where your snacks are. You weren't listening to the people. And that's what some people in church, the, the word of God is going on. They're looking at their phone. They're doing all kind of other stuff, thinking about where they're going to go when church is out and got all kind of other stuff on their mind. Yeah, I heard, the, I heard the pastor. I heard the word. No, you did not hear it with the intent of grabbing a hold to it so that you can put it to practice. Jesus says that's a different story. If you plan to practice it, you will listen and hear differently. So Jesus equates hearing and practicing with building a foundation on a rock, which is a solid foundation. Now, the foundation is the most important part of a structure. It's the most important part of a structure, but it's the, one of the least appreciated parts of the structure because you hardly ever see it. You put it under your feet, you walk on it, but you don't hardly see it anymore after the foundation is done. But if a building is going to last and be solid, that foundation better be firm. The ground you build on better be firm. When they built this building, they came in, they packed this foundation, and then they took core samples and took those samples out to the lab to see how density, how much density was in the soil so they know how to make this foundation. Uh, now, the roof can look great, but if the foundation is shaky, the roof ain't going to last that long. The best practice is building the foundation before you build anything else. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a good foundation on how you can function no matter what's going on in your life around you. And here's the foundation. Hear these words of mine and then put them into practice because I'm going to give you everything you need that will sustain you through the next phase of what might be going on. What did he say? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and do what? Put them into practice. Somebody say practice. Practice means you go over and you do it and if it don't work, you do it again. And if you mess up, you do it again until you get it right. That's what practice is. And it don't mean you're, you're not good at it because even the doctors are practicing. And you hope they're good. Your heart surgeon say, I got to practice out at uh, St. Luke. And you be saying, you still practicing? 
therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise builder, like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then he said, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. What's that rock? The words of his that you put into practice. Now, three challenges occurred right there. The rains came down. How many of you had stuff just falling down on you? The rains came down. And then the second thing happened, the streams rolled. That's the flood coming from above, below. Don't you know that there's a, the, the insurance companies make a big difference between the rain coming down and the stream going up? Your homeowner's insurance will cover what come down, but they don't cover what comes up. You need flood insurance for the flood. But the word of God covers all of it. So there's a difference. There's something that, that, that uh, if you got the roof up over your head, if you've got a leaky roof, it's coming from the top. But uh, when the flood comes, uh, no matter where you are, it will it, 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 uh, inundate everything. You can't stop the flood. You can put a bucket down to catch that leak, but you can't stop that flood water from coming in when it's on in your neighborhood. Not only did the streams rise, the, then the wind began to blow and beat against the house. Anybody ever felt like the wind was just blowing and just beating against your house? Well, when the, when the, when the rain is coming down and the flood waters are sweeping and the wind is blowing, most structures cannot stand that hurricane force wind and stand that flood water just, once that flood water gets to flowing really strong and heavy, it'll move that off of that foundation if it's not firm. You just thought that was going to stay. You can look in some of the flood videos, see houses going down the, the creek, going down the street. That whole thing is just moving on off and nothing left but the foundation. Look at what he says, and he makes a contrast between the ones who hears his words and put them into practice and the one who hears them and do not put them into practice. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, he calls you a fool. You heard it and didn't do it. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Why didn't you do it? I just didn't do it. You heard it? Yes. You didn't practice it? No. Why didn't you practice it? Well, I wasn't feeling it. I, well, I thought I could just do it another way. I didn't understand what I was supposed to do. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down. The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The same thing happened to both houses, but one survived and the other one got swept away. Uh, no matter what you're going through, you may feel like things just crashed. There are other believers that have gone through the same thing you've gone through and withstood. It doesn't mean that... Uh, you're not affected by the tough times. It means that the tough times didn't cause your house to crash because you had it built on a solid rock. 
We used to sing those songs. Your anchor holds and grip that solid rock. And that rock is Jesus. No matter what goes on, you still can say, I'm holding on to the solid rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Jesus taught with authority. I know what I'm talking about. If you get the word of God and you hold on to the word of God, you practice the word of God, you are building on a firm foundation. You are digging deep. Every time you obey the word of God, you are digging deep and digging the foundation that when the enemy comes, uh, he's not going to be able to shake you and move you easily and quickly. Some believers, as soon as the devil comes and say, hey, he said, oh, Lord, let me get on up out of here. <laughs> the devil hadn't even, <laughs> he hadn't even pulled his weapons out yet. <laughs> you just saw him coming and you took off. And there are other believers say, I know you ain't finna come around here. They'll get that old song, drive him away, Lord, drive old Satan away. <laughs> they say, no, I ain't going to mess with them. Let me go down the street to this other believer over here because I ain't got time for that one. <laughs> that one got the oil, he got everything. <laughs> got the word of God, the word of God in my heart. Oh, I'm greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Get away from here. Get away from here with that. Where'd that come from? What was that thought? No, 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 no. I got to take that thought captive. That's the one that's got the word of God in her. I got to cast down that imagination. Where that thought? Where that thought come from? No, you can't stay here. Stay in the Lord rebuke you. Behind me. Get thee behind me. That's the one that's built on a solid foundation. So I want you to know that you can withstand whatever comes against you when you have built your life on that firm foundation. Listen. Nobody else have to help you with this. This is just you. This is just you. No, nobody got to lay hands on you for this. You don't need a supernatural anointing for this. Just hear the word, and the word that you hear, say, I'm going to practice this. The word that you read, the word that you take in, just practice what you know. Don't practice what you don't know. Just practice the part you know, and you'll keep growing strong in the Lord. The key is hearing and practicing, and I gave you a handout, and I'm just going to run right through that then how do we hear God's word? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Here are some ways to hear God's word. The Bible, you read the Bible, get your Bible. We got the audio Bible now. You got the Bible on your phone. So it's no excuse for not having the word of God entering into your life on a routine, regular, daily basis. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast. God has always had people that were his. He said in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name, God always looks out for those who are his. The question today for you is, do you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ? God watched out for his people even in the midst of plagues. In the book of Exodus, when the plague struck the Egyptians, God said, they will not touch my people. And then that last plague of all, when the firstborn was killed, 
God's people had the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. The death angel passed over those who had the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. Jesus Christ came and he has applied the blood of the lamb to our hearts. For those of us who are believers, we are not as those who have no hope. We are not to be ones who are fearful about the pestilence. Psalms 91 is a tremendous encouragement to everyone who lives and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Why don't you read that and your heart will not fail you from fear when everyone else seems that they are frantic about what's going on. God still takes care of his people. Go to our website to hear this message in its entirety and enjoy some of our Sunday services. I also invite you to be my guest at The Light of the World every Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. Don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore. If you have a need for communion supplies, Sunday school books, Bibles, or offering envelopes, call the Beacon, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.